This is episode 614 for May 2020, and you're listening to the Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast, and I'm your host, Brad Douglas. That opening song, one of my favorites, Huey Lewis in the News, talking about I want a new drug, and that's often what uh, Harry Osborn talked about, and we'll talk about that in this episode of Spider History. Before we get there, I want to thank people that made episodes like this possible for you to listen to. They logged on to patreon.com slash crawlspace, and they said, hey, we enjoy what you do keep making more podcasts and keep updating the website we'll help cover the costs so they did that they go to patreon.com slash crawlspace and one of the perks is they get their name in front of each episode also they get more than 20 exclusive podcasts uh, one of my favorites was when we did a dvd type commentary of the amazing spider-man 2 movie we also have a perk where you can get each episode two weeks earlier than the public so public thank you goes out to robert alex frazetta hulk Josh, Zach, Mohammed, Laura, Noah, Frederick, Spider Menace, Walter, Vinkman, Sailor, Craig, Andrew, Michael, Stuart, Ricky, Thomas, Nick, hashtag something good for you, Havskimo, Patrick, Will, Symbio Bro, Dowd, Taylor, JB, Stephen, Jay, Scott, Michael, 2099, AJ, Chris, John, Bob, Datboy, Eric, and Curtis. Again, log on to patreon.com slash crawlspace to get some exclusive podcasts. I appreciate it, everybody. All right, JR, let's go into the month of May. It's got to be May. Hey, crawlspacers, welcome to our spider history for May. Welcome, JR. Ah, glad to be back for, for May. April One. showers bring, bring May flowers. Are you out of your quarantine yet in May? <laughs> no. Yo, you're <laughs> George, have you left the house in 30 days? Um very very sparsely. Could considering that the governor of Ohio, I think, said Ohio was locked down until April 30th, I think I can safely say that uh no, I would not be out of quarantine in May. Well, for this, uh, we've got an infamous story, JR. I mean, this this one uh Probably made the the, the media. Uh, Stan, oh. Stan Lee fought the comics code or just said, forget you. We're reviewing yeah. the famous Spider-Man drug issues. Yes. Um, ever since uh, after I did um, uh, Craven's Last Hunt and I decided that, that sometimes spider history was going to focus more on storylines than, uh, yeah. than just every issue of the month, the first request that came out of the box and I forget who this was. If you're still, if you're there with me, I apologize. But anyway, I said, do the drug stories. So I said, well, I will when they come up. So, yeah. uh, a has come up. Uh, the thing is, I mean, the, 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 the story behind this story is so well known. I mean, it's, it's almost, it's not new. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows it, that the, yeah. uh, you know, in the 1970 that, uh, at that time, Richard Nixon was in the white house, mm -hmm. uh, tricky Dick, uh, you know, and, uh, what was that again? Was, <laughs> okay. Just checking. I'm not correct. Did this come out uh, in May? Is this a May book? No, no, no. Oh, I mean, just, you know, okay. these come out in the month, you know, yeah, they all yeah, come yeah. out. But uh, anyway, so, you know, in, in 1970, the Nixon administration, it was at that time it was the Department of Health, Education, and Welfare because, you know, it took Jimmy Carter, uh, you know, and his, uh, you know, suck it up to the frig the teachers unions when he said, I'll create a separate Department of Education and that'll make education in the United States all better or whatever. So, whatever. But anyway, back then it was the Department of Health, Education. Yeah wanted to um, you know stanley they they want to do an anti 
anti drug store. He said, you know, we want you to reach kids or whatever. Kids read comic books. So we want, we would like you to get an anti drug message out. Stan said, ah, that's a pretty good idea, you know? And, uh, but the problem yeah. was the comic code authority at the time, which again is a, you know, was a, ba- a holdover from the, or originated out of the seduction of the innocent in the, uh, era forbade the dis- mention of drugs. Even if you couldn't say drugs are bad because you couldn't say drugs at all. You couldn't even refresh reference- me. Is the, co- is the comics code a government authority? No. Is it, it a government? A- okay. It's no. just a private group. It was a private group. I don't okay. even know if it existed. It, it was, it was the industry's attempt to, to self-censor themselves okay. so the government wouldn't. Because I was thinking it was two government entities no. fighting with each other. No, no, no. no. It, was, <laughs> it, it, it was basically the government yeah. saying, we're going to start looking at these damn comic books. And the, and the comic industry was like, our bad. Well, uh, let us clean up our own backyard first. That's right. You yeah. Know, yeah, that's what that's what the code was. So this was like DC, Marvel, Harvey, I guess, was a comic book company. And uh, yeah, Dell and all the older ones. Yeah, they all well, said these are they, our standards. And the only person really fighting it was uh, William Gaines. And it was a interesting story. Yeah. yeah. And, and actually, the uh, the comic uh, one reason the com- from what I understand, and George probably knows this better than I do. Um, it was really William Gaines's shock and horror stories and stuff that were the, 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 the target of this. Uh, now Wortham kind of came out from left field with his Batman and Robin and seduction yeah. of the are gay and the stuff. It was really William Gaines and the horror comics and the comics industry kind of fold, rolled along with this because they all wanted William Gaines out of business. Yep. Isn't that kind of right? Ba- more or less. Yeah. That's that was yep. Gaines, the horror comics tales from the crypt. Tales from the Crypt stuff. Okay, got it. EC Comics. EC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, exactly what did they have against Gaines? Out of curiosity, I, I don't quite remember the story, but there, there was, you know, I mean, they kind of, like I said, they rolled over because they, they, the government was doing their dirty work for them. You know, they wanted Gaines out of business. Well, it was partially, uh, well, from the comics industry side, it was partially distribution as well. Um, I haven't read about it in a long time, but I remember that as a a lot of the comics code stuff was like, okay, like this stuff, if it doesn't have this, it can't be carried in like supermarkets, etc. And, and so uh, there was that side of it as well, but I, it, it mainly, it was a bunch of, you know, it, it was kind of a social cause, you know, you had mothers, preachers, whatever, upset about the content of these comics. And, and for the time, these con, th- these comics were pretty hardcore. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you had yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, uh, what ice picks going into eyeballs, and yeah. I mean, it was. But kids Rand- love that stuff. random internet weirdo in chat says after then Marvel and DC did their monster comics and well, see now Marvel had to get more creative about it because Marvel, yeah, Marvel they couldn't say zombie, could they? They, they, I don't remember about that, but like they couldn't have a vampire in their comic for the longest time. Yeah, then so Morbius, that, yeah, th- that's why that's why Morbius was a vampire. Yeah, living vampire, living <laughs> vampire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Cantu, the living mummy. I mean, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it stretched there for a little while, but eventually that kind of, that stuff kind of laxed and they were able to do Did, stuff like, uh, you know, um, the Dracula comics with Marv Wolfman, Frankenstein, yeah. man, wolf, stuff like that. Uh, of course, by then EC was already long out of business. Did this comic, uh, loosen up the comic code uh, regulations and that they could introduce the, uh, the mar the monsters. Is this part this of it? Isn't, this isn't the part of that. No. Oh, okay. No, no, but it was, it was, it, it's credibility took a hit. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, but you know, essentially um, so the department, like I said, department, the government 
estate. Yeah, when the it. U.S. government comes in and asks you to do something, and then you're like, I can't because we can't get it distributed. That's, you know, at yeah, that exactly. point, like, why isn't that silly? Sorry, JR, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and Stan, you know, so Stan took it to the comics code for approval. And they said, well, we're not going to approve these issues. You know, and Stan went to Martin Goodman. Martin Goodman said, publish them anyway. You know, screw it. And do you think, you know, do you and, think parents even looked at that little bitty box on the cover? Like, like I, I don't think people look at comic books like they do movie ratings. I, I, can honestly, day, I don't think. I can honestly tell you, my mother did not. My, yeah, mine didn't either. my mother bought our, com- I mean, my mother bought our comic books for us. My brother and I were, yeah. uh, my brother is two and a half years old. And I, I've told this story. Uh, I, somebody, t- you know, my brother was a Hulk fan. My brother was a, brother was a big Hulk fan. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but he, it was like me. I like Spider-Man, Spider-Man and Star Trek, Spider-Man and Star Trek. Never grew out of that. <laughs> but my, my brother, he, he got, I, I read all kinds of stuff because he would get them. He loved werewolf by night. You know, he yeah. got. Rom, he got now. I like Micronauts, so I did like Micronauts under Bill Mantlo. Uh, mm-hmm. But he liked Rom, he liked um, X Men. I mean, because I remember he got it's like if, it, but he didn't take care of anything. He, no, did, he, he, let, him, yeah. he, he let things rot and tear because he had the first appearance as a Wolverine. He had Days of Future Past. He had, I think, the first giant size X Men. You know, it just, he had a fortune that he just, he literally tore to pieces, but that was my brother. I mean, but anyway, uh, but mom always bought him and I honestly got, do you have anything besides Spider-Man you picked up? Very, very low Spider-Man Star Trek. Uh, Very, very little, very little. I mean, I got like some of the, uh, when the dark Knight returns, I got some of, I mean, I didn't get the first edition of the first two, but I think number three and number four part, I got the first edition of those and, you know, cause I just was like, I mean, well, you know, Frank Miller, the dark Knight, Wow. You know I mean? It, it, it's just, it's, it's one of those things where I try to tell Spencer, you know, my Spencer, not Nick Spencer, but my Spencer, just why certain things resonated back then, you know, it's just kind of yeah. hard. Now they're trite and tropes and everybody's redone it so much that no one realizes how great it was when it first came out, you know, because it's been ripped off, Yeah, you know? Uh, but anyway, Here, so let's, with the comments, let's, let's get to the book. <laughs> no, that's what I was doing. I was, I was about to I'm get so back sorry, to the Yeah, the comics. So anyway, the Comics Code Authority, uh, Lee defied, defied it. And uh, so they had to, I mean, they, they realized how ridiculous that, that stance was. Uh, and of course, DC, you know, hopping on the bad wagon two weeks later or whatever, had the, the, uh, the speedy story, you know, the. The, and, you know, you have this extremely graphic cover of Green Arrow and Green Lantern and Speedy. You know, oh, what's wrong with Speedy? He's on drugs, mm-hmm. you know. <sighs> Stupid. Anyway. So anyway, so we're, we're, for, we're this this story is being brought to you by the Spider-Man versus Green Goblin trade. What uh, what year was that? That looks like it was 90s. It was published in 1995. There you go. I, got the, I bought this in April of 2001. From oh. Comic Quest Nonesville, Indiana. I remember that vividly. Nice. Because my dad was sick and I was visiting him. And after one evening, I said, Dad, I said, Dad, you know what? I'm going to go to the comic book store and I'm going to buy myself some comics. There you go. And he, and he said, You should, which is, you had to know my dad or whatever, but mm-hmm. it was just, he didn't have much use for my brother and my interest. And it was just kind of ironic. And, you know, he said, Yeah, yeah, go buy yourself some comic books. So, anyway, story opens with Peter Parker coming back from London. Because remember, boys and girls, you know, Captain Stacy died in issue number 90. Gwen got all pouty and shit, you know? Yeah. And 
but but it's, it's stupid kind of pouty. I mean, you know, stupid kind of pouty. Blaming Spider Man, you know, and it's like you know because even though Doc Ock was on that chimney, and even though when the bricks came falling, Captain Stacy put himself in that you know by saving that kid. Captain Stacy put himself in harm's way and died as a result. But it's still Spider Man's fault. Now. I guess then again, logic never got in the way of a comic book story. I guess if it did, we wouldn't have comic book stories. So anyway, so, you know, Gwen has, you know, okay. And of course, Peter just doesn't have the balls to tell Gwen about, you know, it's like, it's just funny. I mean, any of us who've been in a serious relationship with a woman, you keep a secret from a woman and she finds out. You're done. You're done. You're done. You're You're toast. It's just, you don't, you don't. And it's like, so Peter thinks he can keep, no, no. It it just, when you go back and you read these stories, of course, then again, I guess we have to realize that even though Stan wrote them old, theoretically, they're still 18 and 19 years old and probably aren't making sound judgments. But yeah, it just, it just, you look back and you go, no, no, there is absolutely no way he would not tell her that he was Spider-Man. But anyway, so shows, so, so because Peter doesn't propose to her, See, Gwen wanted Peter to propose to her. Again, you're 19, folks. But again, that was more normal back then. Yeah. Uh, so she goes off to London. You know, she goes off to live with George's, at that time, older brother, Arthur, who then came back 25 years later at the very end of the same of the Clone Saga as his younger brother, Arthur, without the British accent. Uh, so, <laughs> so she goes, lives with Arthur. And Peter's going around, oh, Gwen's gone, Gwen's gone. He goes crying in the Daily Bugle, you know, and Robbie says, Peter, why are you crying? I can't say Gwen anymore. (laughs) And, you know, she moved to London. (laughs) I can't afford to go. Robbie said, I'll tell you what, go. I'll tell you what, you know, I'll pay your way, take some touristy, artsy fartsy pictures of London or whatever, you know, catch the queen taking a crap or whatever out in Buckingham Buckingham Palace. We'll pay your way. And Peter's like, well, that's a very good idea. You know, of course, he flies in, of course, terrorists attack, and Spider Man has to show up. And then Peter says, oh, no, I can't see Gwen now because Gwen will put two and two together, (laughs) you know, and she'll figure out something that she should have figured out months ago anyway if she had any brains in her head, which she didn't. Uh, (laughs) So Peter, Peter goes back and mopes, you know, and you know, he flies. So anyway, the issue starts. He flies back. He brings a picture to Robbie and Robbie looks at these pictures. Spider-Man in London and says, wow, you're very lucky to get these, Peter. And then Peter's going, oh, my God. He's like, I was so worried about Gwen figuring out who I was. And I forgot about Robbie. And so yeah. and to me, this, though, was was interesting because to me, this is when Robbie figures it out. You know, he puts two in between because he and George Stacy had been. Um, you know, talking about Spider-Man and trying mm-hmm. to figure out, you know, what his motivations were, who he was, things like that. And uh, I, I mean, to me, this, I think, it, it, boom, the light went off in Robbie's head and he realized exactly what was going on and uh, that Peter was Spider-Man. You know, he may yeah. have suspected before, but now I think he knew for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, you know. And I'm cool. Are you cool with Robbie knowing? Or do you just okay. like it alluded to that he knows? You, do you think he should know well, like Jonah? Oh, he knows, but yeah, but I, I, should, think, but, I think the first time I picked up on it, that Robbie knew was uh Craven and also a little bit of Conway's run known for, for years. Yeah. Well, he's known for years. I think Peter has always suspected he's known for a very long time, but, yeah. but in the, in the Craven story though, where, where, where it was kind of like Mary, Mary Jane knows he knows, you know, knew he yeah. knew. And it yeah. was kind of like, she said, even, I mean, that's why she went to see him, you know, because she thought that he, she could talk to him about it, but mm-hmm. then, you know, but then she ran out and she said, even if he does know, I can't tell him. Yeah. But then 
at the at near the end of the clone saga when Peter and Mary Jane come back and Ken Ellis is going to you know have this picture of I mean because Ken Ellis put things together fairly quickly you know I mean Peter goes out to Oregon Spider Man shows up in Oregon you know yeah. Peter you know and, and so Mary Jane goes to Robbie to kill the story. Why would Mary Jane go to Robbie to kill the story unless Mary Jane had a pretty good idea that Robbie knew? But anyway, yeah. but Robbie could never tell Peter because it was like, you know, Peter, Robbie's sending him out for jobs and stuff. And, and, and Robbie was always a fairly ethical newspaper man. And mm-hmm. if he ever, you know, so it was, so that was a line Robbie couldn't cross, but right. it makes sense that Robbie knows. Um, so anyway, so Peter says, well, you know, I've been, you know, I, I try, I figure I need to get my mind off my problems. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put in my uh, yellow fringe vest and go hang out at ESU again. And then I'll make everything better because I love hanging out in my yellow fringe, fringe <laughs> vest. Not know if Brad is uh, brought, you know, uh, can bring up the, you know, but it's well, like, you know, he kind of, look, he looks real like real quick before that. I wanted to get, I was thinking you'd get to this panel. I, maybe it's the coloring, but, uh, the colorist on Gil Kane's pencils made Norman look like the Hobgoblin. Look at that. See that orange on him? Yeah. I'll try to see here if it's the. Uh, Hell, maybe that's where they came up with the idea. I know. I mean, it's, I, I, I'm just re looking at this years later. I'm like, that looks very Hobgoblin y. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. This this printing, this particular printing, he's yellow. Here, the background I'll, I'll blow orange. you up. Let's see it. Let's see your panel. I'll show you mine if you show. Oh me yeah, yeah. Yours is very yellow. Mine was orange, very hobgobliny. Yeah. So anyway, so we get a we 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 do. Uh, oh, you want to see Peter in his uh, yellow outfit? Yeah, it kind of makes him look. There like, you go. Yeah, it looks like it makes him it makes him look like an effeminate Matt Dillon, uh, Sheriff <laughs> Matt Dillon, that is from Gunsmoke. Um, so anyway, so Peter, you know, says, "Well, you know, I need to dress like a hippie from this, you know, hippie and." And may, I'll make me feel better. He runs into Harry and uh, Harry says, uh, Hey, Pete, you know, it's like, uh, we're all going to the theater tonight because Mary Jane's uh, got a big role, her first big role. She's going to be in an off Broadway theater off Broadway, by the way, is seating capacity of 100 to 499. Thank you. Spider history for providing the <laughs> more uh, culture. But anyway, so Peter goes, I can't go Harry. I ain't got any money. Harry says, well, you know, you would have money if you take that job. My dad keeps offering you. Yeah. Uh, and of course, then of course, I gets Peter thinking, you know. So he he's like, "This is Peter's segue into exposition, a page long exposition of, uh, you know, the kind of the history of doing Spider Man and the Green Goblins." Because well, I can't take a job with Norman because Norman knows, you know. Right. But see, and for some reason, of course, Norman's in his amnesia period. You see, because this is after um, this is actually is after the uh, the first spectacular Spider Man magazine. Number two, which yeah. is reprinted later in King Size. So this goblin story takes place after that goblin story. For some reason, after Norman was revealed as the Green Goblin, the Green Goblin stopped being just this evil master, evil criminal. And for whatever reason, Stan decided that he was just a mentally ill man who couldn't help himself becoming the Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until it wasn't until they brought Norman back after the, for the clone saga that Norman Osborn was definitely, there was no more amnesia, no more split personality. Norman Osborn was an evil SOB. That's why he was the green goblin. He wasn't the green goblin because he was this poor mentally ill dude. But anyway, so Harry says, you know what, Peter, I'm tired. You know, you know what? Uh, I'm tired of you making excuses for not taking this job. I'm going to tell dad that you're going to take it. So then Peter says, well, you know what? You know, you know, you're right, right, right. Maybe I should just stop, you know, worry, you know, worrying about this and go and go and take that job and, uh, and, um, put myself, uh, you know, kind of 
I mean, that's what I want to do, research, science, or whatever. So he goes to Oz, Oscorp, which is not really Oscorp then. It wasn't Oscorp until the, the 90s cartoon. Well, what, uh, what was it called now? Uh, Osborne Industries? Uh, they, they, it was alternatively called Osborne Industries or Osborne Engineering or Osborne yeah. Chemical. Uh, any number of things. And then in the nineties yeah. cartoon, they called it Oscorp and that's what it's been ever since. And, yeah, uh, that's true. And so, um, so anyway, he goes, he goes to, to see Norman and, uh, they, you know, Norman says, well, that's great. That's great. You know, and I, I need, I need, uh, you know, bright young people like you. And, uh, uh, so we'll work out your schedule and get back with me. So, you know, Peter says, ah, things are looking up for me. He runs into Aunt May, Aunt May and Anna Watson are going to go see hair. You know, the musical hair, uh, and, uh, Aunt May's going to be a slinger, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, instead of a swinger. Um, so, but then of course, you know, it, it comes time for, um, of course, you know, hair was a big deal back in the seventies or whatever. Yeah. They took off their clothes and things of that nature and stuff. So, I mean, what was I, this was, this was, I'm, th- I'm trying to think of this was the area of old Calcutta era of old Calcutta too, uh, as well. Uh, but anyway, so me a head with hair. Long, beautiful hair. <laughs> JR talking to two so, bald guys about hair. I love it. <laughs> so anyway, here now, this here now story is getting serious because Peter hears the sirens or whatever. He's got to change the Spider-Man. And, uh, well, get, this is where we start getting into the, the issues here. He sees this, this, this guy, and this guy is, you know, I mean, singing, yeah. Freebird, even though Freebird doesn't get recorded for another couple of years, it's like, like I'm as free as a bird now, you know. And 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 so this guy, uh, um, he's high. Yeah, yeah, he's high. So he jumps off. Spider-Man catches him. You know, they save his life, and uh, and then Spider-Man goes into this. I sure hope that poor guy will be all right. Any drug strong enough to give you that kind of trip can damage your brain, but bad. You know, and it just, I, I just like it. Spider-Man's not talking to anybody, you know, I mean, he's by himself, but you yeah. know, he's got to go, you know, we got a lecture now because this, this is what Stan was. This is what they asked him to do. Is, yeah. You know, how do you warn kids? How do you reach them? My life as Spider-Man is as dangerous as any, but I'd rather face a hundred supervillains and toss it away on getting hooked on hard drugs because yeah. that's one fight you can't win. And I can yeah. just imagine, you know, teenagers sitting around reading this going, you know, you know, put the, they, they'll pull, they pull the needle out of their arm. They scatter the Coke dust off the table. And they said, you know what? Spider-Man is right. I will never do drugs again. <sighs> I, 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 honestly, I honestly don't get, I honestly don't understand the mentality, but it, that doing this makes a difference in anybody's life, but that's beside the do point. Do you disagree, so, George? Do, do you, I, I don't know. I don't I don't think it's, I don't know if it's a bad thing. I don't think if kids like to be pandered that way, I don't know. I think it's, I think this is the times. Yeah. It's, it's the times, but I, I, I think this is actually a legitimate thing though, because yeah, kids back then, especially, and, and for reasons we talked about, uh, last month about how, you know, Stanley wanted Spider-Man to be a teenager that wasn't a sidekick. You know, teenagers looked up to Spider. They, they, they. I think Spider-Man, uh, out of any superhero, was idolized probably more than any other superhero at the time. Yeah. You know, I by, by, by young biggest people. heroes on like college campuses. Yeah. Yeah. So, I see. I, I, I see where where the intended you know impact would have a better chance than if it was Superman going, "Don't do drugs." Yeah. You know. 
Yeah. But it just comes across as so, I mean, it's just so blatant and obvious here. Yeah. Uh, it, it's more effective, actually, when it's an integral part of the story. Plus, you know, when Harry overdoses. Plus, yeah. Plus, when, when Harry overdoses, I mean, like, a lot of times these drug stories, if they were trying to be told back in the day, were, were a lot more generalized. So-and-so feels sick, that kind of thing. With Harry, yeah. it's, it's, it's very specific. Harry's freaking the hell out. And it's not just being sick. I mean, like, he, he is mentally breaking down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and and then subsequently Norman as well. Yeah. So anyway, so Peter, you know, after he decides to, you know, preach to the kids of America, uh, <laughs> he says, you know what? I need to dig out that powder blue suit that I've been wearing uh, since before there was an amazing Spider-Man, since Steve Ditko was actually, you, dressing me, you know, since Steve Ditko was actually using that as the suit for an archetype of Peter Parker back in, you know, the pre-Spider-Man days. Uh, there was an archetype of Peter Parker wearing a powder blue suit. Uh, and uh, so anyway, so they all go to the theater. And uh, the strangest thing is Mary Jane is coming on to Peter. Uh, and it's like, well, this is kind of, you know, both Peter and Mary Jane, of course, Harry, something's, you know, are sensing that something is really wrong. Anyway. So look at, they, look uh, at that caption. Uh, sure, lover. Uh, I just wanted to make sure that Pete found a seat. Don't worry, MG, I'm a big boy. Mm, don't I know it? <laughs> That's just yeah. kind of. <laughs> You're jumping ahead just a little bit here oh, because I'm sorry. we have because Randy Robertson shows up because okay. they're waiting for Randy. All right, now this is the 70s. Okay, so Randy shows up and he says, "Did you hear what happened? Spider-Man just saved some freaked-out cat a few blocks away." And, uh, yeah, what about that? Then Randy goes, man, this drug scene really bugs me. Everyone <laughs> figures it's the black man's bag, but it ain't, you know, <laughs> and then it, it hurts us more than anyone else, you know, but it ain't our problem. Just our problem. It's yours too. And of course, Norman, Norman is hip. Okay. Norman is really hip. Don't look at me, son. I know where it's like. <laughs> <laughs> you go norman <laughs> yeah <laughs> and of course norman's wearing his green suit yeah well he gets I, a little argument with uh randy doesn't yeah, he yeah. yeah you know and randy says oh you know you don't you know where it's at you sit all day in your ivy tower counting your bread um what have you done to fight drugs um so anyway it's so norman just doesn't take he just doesn't take too well to this young man mad mouthing him, you know. Yeah. So you're starting to get the, uh, you know, and then of course, you know, again, uh, then we as we see uh, Mary Jane is flirting with Peter again, yeah. and uh, they see Mary Jane for the first act of the show, and uh, they walk out. It's kind of funny, you know. Uh, Harry says, "Hey, Dad, what do you think about it?" And she, all I said, I was uh, said she was, and Peter, Harry goes, Peter, "Harry, my boy, if I were 20 years younger." Which is kind of ironic because you know mm-hmm. it's like he couldn't have the redhead, so he, I guess he does the blonde. She got the blonde. He had, he did he did the blonde earlier, you know. But then, guess what, George? What does Norman start getting? The meat sweats. The crazy <laughs> sweats. The crazy sweats. The crazy Norman Osborn meat sweats. <laughs> so, so anyway, so Norman is is from there. Norman is just completely spaced out. And uh, the reason for that uh, is because uh, he 
was near one of his hideouts. Yeah. And uh, he just. Uh, well, if you think about it, Norman's on drugs in this issue, too. He's got the goblin serum in him. But the whole Osborne's well, are drugged up. Well, the Osborne's are addictive personalities. Yeah, yeah. And and Norman's drug is power. You okay, know, money, yeah. power, and, and the goblin serum, too. Well, yeah, well, see, this is it. This is what I've never, I'd never liked the idea that the goblin serum made Norman crazy or that the goblin serum drove him to what he was. The goblin yeah. serum, I mean, if you give a madman superpowers, he's even going to be a greater madman. Right. But Norman was evil before that. The goblin formula gave him the basis for now I really don't have, now I have the means to completely defy society's conventions. Okay. You know, I didn't before. I had to behave before, but now I have the power. I don't have to behave yeah. anymore. So, but, uh, but no, they're, the, the Osborns are addictive personalities. I mean, that's why they, and they, and they, it's kind of funny. That's why they, they fall very, you know, they, they fall very hard in love too. You know, okay. Harry always, you know, Harry just fell head over heels for Mary Jane, for Liz, Norman, for his first wife, for that nurse. At one time, people probably thought that, you know, it was out of character for Norman to fall so hard in love with that nurse. But it made sense to me. I mean, that's kind of that's the Osborne personality. But anyway, so Norman, obviously, because he's, you know, he, he has hideouts all over the city and he started to remember. And so, mm-hmm. uh, of course, Peter notices it as well that something's wrong with Norman got the meat and sweat. Of course, the, the last, a classic uh, the, worthy of a poster. No doubt. That's, be- that's beautiful. Man. It just, it, it's perfect. It, it's just yeah. a great, I just remember it's one of those times. There are a lot of times where, you know, you really can't wait to see the next issue. Oh yeah. And you had to wait 30 days for this one, JR. I know, you know, and it was like, cause I was reading, this was Marvel tales. I first saw this in Marvel tales. Oh, I was thinking you might've picked it up. Off the rack. Not quite. Not quite. Uh, I didn't start picking up Spider-Man regularly until issue 134. Okay. Um, but I do remember having issue 100, and I lost that in a move. <laughs> but uh, but no, I started getting this in Marvel Tales. Uh, but uh, but no, it was just oh, my, and I, I'd always loved the Green Goblin. Obviously, right. I mean this was the original Green, and so this this it was a great picture, great picture. It was it was just everything because because. You know, I mean, he addresses him as Parker, you know, Parker, you, I mean, yeah. just right there, he knows who he is. And that was always a, mm-hmm. one of the cool things about the Green Goblin is because he knew. So anyway, that was part one. Uh, part two, 97. Yeah. Part two starts off really kind of with a fairly, you know, it, it just the conventional. Um, actually, we go about how many pages do we go here? About one, two, three, four, five, six. So we got about six pages of uh, where the story just kind of comes to. Well, I mean, it's a big fight, you know, Spider-Man, the Green Goblin, they got to yeah. fight, you know, and, and, and that was, uh, you know, kind of was uh, one of the reasons I think that Spider-Man three, the movie never quite got off the ground from the beginning. And it's always, it's always one of those things where I thought, you know, Sam Raimi's a smart guy. Why didn't he, why didn't he get this? You know? And because at the beginning he had Peter Parker fighting Harry Goblin and it yeah. should have been Spider-Man fighting Harry Goblin. You know, I mean, it took way too long for Spider-Man to appear and it took way too long for Spider-Man to fight the Goblin, blah, 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 blah. But anyway, so anyway, so actually, uh, Norman, for whatever reason, thinks that Spider-Man has fallen to his death. Um, but he obviously he hasn't. So, so anyway, Peter's going, you know, moping. It's like, God, what do I do? You know, I mean, he's out, he's loose. He knows who I am or whatever. And then he starts thinking about Gwen. And uh, the thing is, Gwen's, what are those floating, floating heads of Gwen guilt? No, they're not floating. See, they're grounded. 
They're all well, they're grounded because she fell. <laughs> Actually, no, wait a minute. She's not dead yet. Never mind. I'm sorry. I jumped. I <sighs> jumped Anyways, a lot. So, so these are the grounded heads of guilt. Anyway, so Peter <laughs> says, well, here's, you know, what I need to do is because I'm really, I need to go um, take my shirt off and wash and, and brush my teeth. Um, I was hoping Jared would read Darwin's dialogue from the last page of. Uh, do you want us to go back? Uh, okay. uh, you know, I, I the fans I, demand it. Uh, well, I, I just I, it's like I only usually try to do the Norman dialogue when I can when I can be funny because I don't think I do that great of a job. It's not like I do a flawless impersonation, you know. And you know, it's but anyway. Here, give me a minute. I, I'm almost to the page. I had to go back. I'm sorry. I, I, I can't do it that loud. My wife is probably in bed, and if I do it, I'll get a text that'll tell me to be quiet. So. Jr., you need the crazy sweats. Uh, okay, okay, Parker. here it is, Jr. Parker, oh, you damn it. dare come here? Well, I can promise you this: you'll never leave alive. So, anyway, there you go. There you go. The fans demanded it. They got it. So, um, anyway, so Peter says, I, you know, the only way I can alleviate my stress is to, uh, take my shirt off and brush my teeth so I can, you know, stare at my abs while I'm brushing my teeth. <laughs> I mean, that's what exactly what it looks like. I mean, it's like, and so Peter walks around, you know, with, with a shirt off and, you know, look at them abs, look at them abs. Of course, you know, Harry's all stressed out, you know, because Harry thinks that Peter is trying to, you know, flirt with Mary Jane and Peter's pretty well making is like, <laughs> don't even know what you're talking about, dude. She's the one who came on to me and I had no interest in her, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, but then Harry starts popping the pills. And in this yep. case, you know, he's doing uppers and downers is what's happening. Uh, because, you know, Peter says, you know, he's, he has pills to keep him up and to relax. Sleep. And I think the modern day equivalent, you know, has Harry snorting Coke. I think in the, when Lee Weeks did death and destiny, you know, Harry was going around, <laughs> you know, sniffing, but, uh, but anyways, but right now he's doing a combination of uppers and downers. Um, of course, Peter's, so Peter says, well, you know, boy, this is really, uh, uh, a downer. So I get, I guess if I'm going to, I, I need to stop staring at my abs while I'm brushing my teeth and I need to put on my chains, you know, and that'll make me feel a lot better if I put on my chains. So Brad, go to the next, uh, oh. go to the next page or whatever. The chains. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. Peter. You know, because it's like, you wow. know, it's like, and Mary Jane goes, I dig those chains, Petey. And uh, Peter says, yeah, you know, Mr. T had a set garage sale and, uh, you know, I <laughs> thought I'd pick a few up. So wow. this is before the world anyway, Mr. T was. Yeah. <laughs> Man, they have matching chains. It's almost like Mary Jane and Peter are matching right here. Look at that. Wow. I mean, there's just nothing like chains on a, <laughs> you know, no, there's nothing like chains on a square white mama's boy, you know, <laughs> <laughs> by the way, the, the drug dealer, I don't mean to jump ahead, but kind of looks like Stan. Yeah, he's hanging there. He's hanging there. Yeah. I mean, he, oh, he, he looks like Stan. Doesn't he look like Stan Lee a little bit from the seventies? Maybe never really, never really crossed my mind. I don't think Stan was blonde. I know, but eh, it just kind of looks like Stan. I don't know. Okay, sorry. Now, Stan, I mean, the man hasn't been how long? The man hasn't been dead a year, and you're already uh, associating him with a drug peddler. What kind of now? Horrible this, human this panel really looks like Stan. What, what kind of a horrible human being are you? I'm sorry. Don't speak ill. Sorry. Isn't Brad okay? Look, I mean, you know, fans. Isn't Brad being a horrible human being? 
of course, Mary Jane is, uh, you know, flirting with Peter again and deliberately, obviously deliberately trying to get under Harry's skin. Um, and I used to wonder, it's like, boy, is this, you know, Mary Jane's a pretty horrible person for doing this. She probably didn't use the best judgment. Uh, but my guess is this is the only way she felt she could get Peter's attention. She's desperately trying to get Peter's attention. You know, I mean, and she knows he's Spider-Man. She didn't know. I mean, well, she didn't then, but she does. We know she did now or whatever. But uh, I, I just think that and, and being 18 years old, she just isn't using any sense in how she comes. Plus, how, when does she ever see Peter now? I think about it. You know, it's kind of like, I think I was writing, a, when I did my Harry Osborne articles, I think I was kind of explaining, trying to explain away Mary Jane's rather behavior. It's like, Peter's never around. You know, you, you can't call him. I and mean, back then, they didn't have cell phones. You know, so she can't get a hold of him. Uh, and so she has to catch his attention the only way she knows how. You know, and when she sees him, and by making this, you know, um, that's the way I, you know, rationalize it, I suppose. Mm -hmm. uh, because I think some people use it as an example of, well, how Peter really didn't deserve Mary Jane because, look, she's a tramp. Well, no, she's not a tramp. She's a kid that's trying to, add, trying to cry for help. Uh, anyway, so Harry walks away, and his drug dealer says, Oh, man, I saw that scene, dude. Oh, you, you, you know what you need, dude. <laughs> Yeah, you need a little ease. <laughs> oh, some ibuprofen? Is that what he needs? <laughs> what did you just shake? Some Tylenol? <laughs> JR's Viagra. Oh, my God. JR's Viagra. He tried to flush it down the toilet, but couldn't get the lid down. Yeah. George, I'm married. I had my two kids. Oh, I have God. no need for Viagra, any Viagra anymore. It wouldn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's more like spider just, confession instead of spider history. And I'm glad I never got you know, married. When you've been married, when you've been married 30 years, we'll see how you feel. I'm halfway you know, there. I, I've been married 15 this year. I'll be dead. Yeah, I've never been you... married for 30 years. <laughs> that'd, put, that'd, put, that'd put me at 77 JR. <laughs> yes, Adam. Those are the mad goblins pills. <laughs> so, so anyway, so, you know, so Harry's got to Harry, Harry, you know, Harry's got to have his pills. Harry's got to have his pills. Yeah. So, so anyway, uh, Peter changed to Spider-Man, decides he's going to try to find Norman. Norman obviously is being doing gobbliny stuff, so he's not hanging around Oscorp. Uh, and then Harry tries to, to uh, you know, make up with Mary Jane. And, of course, Mary Jane is not having any of it. And uh, I always thought this was funny that, uh, you know, Harry says, that's right. It's a great day, and I feel zingy, <laughs> you know, which... Mary Jane, when, when Harry says that, Mary Jane knows exactly what that means. Harry, yeah. Mary Jane knows that Harry's a drug addict, knows mm. flat out that he's a drug addict. And she knows from personal experience with her father being an alcoholic and other things that people, that people when they're under the influence are not the, it, it's a, it's a, now I'm sounding like a seventies comic book myself. It's a bad scene. So, <laughs> But uh, so Mary Jane puts him down hard. I mean, that's the only way she knows how to to get some sense into him and get him some help. You know, maybe she felt like she's she's enabled him. I, I don't know. Maybe she's been to a few parties with him. You know, I mean, because mm -hmm. when you think about it, 
this was the sixties and the seventies. Now, Peter, you can see not going to parties because Peter was just out of it. He was Spider-Man and not only that, but he just wasn't the type, but I, I can know, I mean, to be honest, if you look at this through the modern day lens, flash, Harry, Mary Jane, Gwen, they probably were all, I mean, Gwen being a police captain's daughter, do you think she was really always a good girl? She probably chafed at the idea of being the police captain's daughter. And so they probably were all doing drugs and whatever, but anyway, so, Harry goes back and he's just, he's, he's ready to take Peter's head off, but, uh, but he's been Harry, you know, Peter basically tells him, you know, go, go blank yourself. You know, it's like, <laughs> I'm not, you know, I mean, he does, he just says, you got your, I got my own problems. You, this is a mess of your own making. You take care of it. So Harry decides to throw him out, but then he doesn't meet it. And then, and, and Harry realizes that he's, he's, I don't mean, I'm, I'm just effed up, yeah. but, like any drug addict's response, I mean, he's up and down and up and down. So he's in a down phase now. So he needs to take his uppers to get back. And of course, you just know that something's going to go wrong. And that plays out over the next couple of pages is that uh, Harry file, Harry ODs. And um, so Peter says, I got to get you to the hospital. Well, guess who shows up? Like any good supervillain does. Yes. Right, right near the end. Or, or father. <laughs> Don't you think I'd find you, Parker? Do you expect the green goblin to let Spider-Man live? So, yeah. Anyway, so then we go to part Next three. Issue, another, another good tease, right? Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, it was, I mean, yeah, I mean, both great cliffhangers. I mean, great cliffhangers and they immediately pay off too. I mean, you know, the, the, the first time they have a six page fight, the second time, you know, Norman crashes in, threatens him or whatever, but then Peter tries to reach Norman the only way he knows how he's, you know, it's like, uh, Norman, you know, look what this, look what's happened here. You know, we've got to get the, we got to get your son some help. And that, Amen reach it. I mean, for those of you, I mean, there, there are people who don't Norman loved Harry loves yeah. Harry, but he just doesn't know how to be a father. Uh, and two, it's just 2000 man reborn wants to know why are Harry and Peter even friends? Well, um, they both, yeah, it's kind of funny. I mean, you, you do it and expect like the, 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 the poor kid from Queens, and then the rich kid from uh, the the rich kid from West. Well, I think Westchester is where the Osbournes lived, or something. Norman was from mm-hmm. Connecticut, but they lived in Westchester. Uh, because they uh, they weren't friends, but when but Peter reached out to Harry when Harry was it goes back to issue number thirty nine because Harry had Harry had always been on Peter's ass. He he'd been trying to fit in with Flash and the cool kids. You know, of course, you know, Harry was walking around wearing a bow tie. So I guess the only way he could figure he could fit in was, uh, you know, by picking on the, the, the odd kid. Uh, and, uh, you know, but then, but, but, you know, but Harry had a confrontation with Norman and Peter reached out to him and, and, uh, Harry, uh, you know, just, uh, appreciated it. And then, uh, mm-hmm. then when, uh, when, uh, when Norman got sick again, <laughs> you know, and Peter went to check on him, which of course Peter was just trying to, you know, Sure, he wasn't going to be the Green Goblin again. Right. You know, Harry realizes he's not. And, and see, Norman, I mean, see, Norman, and this is my theory Norman wanted, Norman didn't trust Harry to be on his own. Again, this is my theory. This is what I wrote about in my articles, the Goblin Prince articles. Um, yeah, Ultimate Norman was, the, yeah, I, I did not care for Ultimate Norman. I, I, yeah. 
I, I didn't care for the ultimate line period. Actually, Zach, I like Zach's point. Uh, Harry, uh, Norman loves Harry. He didn't like him though. No, he didn't. He didn't understand him. Yeah. He didn't understand him. I mean, it's, it's like, yeah. and that's, it's, this is why I've always, I, I hesitate, you know, I've always been drawn to the Osborne family dynamic is because, uh, you know, Harry looks up to Norman and wants to be like Norman. Uh, but Norman doesn't understand him. Norman nor, to Norm, Norman is driven by Norman is driven by demons. You know, he, whatever yeah. Norman's issues outweigh Harry. I mean, in his own mind, you know, and so nor, Harry is, you know, a very, very needy, very sensitive boy lost his mother at an early age. Norman can't relate to any of that. I mean, Norman, you know, his father was a, a vicious alcoholic. Uh, his mother was weak, probably died early herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Norman's the only way, and Norman overcompensated by being a son of a bitch. And, but Harry's not a son of a bitch. And Harry can't can't do that. He can't, he can't build that wall of steel around himself like his dad did. And he needs, he needs help. He needs to reach out. He needs nurturing. Norman has no idea how to deliver that. No idea whatsoever. And, uh, and I, like I said, it's always kind of funny, you know, I was growing because, you know, my father, I mean, my father was a good man or whatever. He had his flaws or whatever, but you know, it just, I, I he didn't understand me, you know, he, he didn't understand, you know, he, you know, this little nerdy kid he had, you know, my dad was a hunter and a fisher and, athlete and things of that nature and his firstborn kid is this nerdy little twerp you know <laughs> and he didn't understand that you know yeah. i mean we like baseball that's how we talked it was like the daniel stern character and then i grow up and i have a son of my own and i'm trying to relate to him you know it's like and trying not to make some mistakes that my father did so i've always kind of been drawn that it sounds like you, you you and your son have more in common though because you, you both do. like spider-man yeah we do, but I, I, yeah. I've, I've been around my son more. That was the oh, thing. Okay. Uh, Let's see. My father did shift work at a power. <clears> and I, never, I mean, I, I would go weeks without seeing my father, uh, you know? And, uh, and so when I did see him, he was like a stranger in the house. And I had to kind uh, of re, re, we had to redefine our relationship every time because it was like these right. big gaps of time. So anyway, but I saw my son a lot more. So, yeah. uh, but anyway, uh, but so Norman loves him, but he doesn't understand him. He doesn't understand him. He doesn't understand his needs. He doesn't understand his weaknesses. Uh, so anyway, that's it. So he, Norm, uh, but so he sees that the state that Harry's in, and it kind of reaches him, and he and he's you know goes flying out of there. Be, to, so he doesn't have to deal with it. So we're tackling uh, ASM ninety eight now. The the last yeah. issue, right? Right, right. Last yeah. issue. Anyway, let me get a. I better wrap this up. I'm about to run out of do. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so Harry gets carted off to the hospital. We got to go, we go back to London, you know, and of course, Gwen, you know, we go back to Gwen and Gwen is like, Oh, I miss Peter. I, I, I guess I shouldn't have ran away like a, you know, like a, you know, whiny little bitch, you know, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and say, like, what right did I be, have to be angry at Peter because he didn't propose marriage to me? And I'm thinking, why didn't he propose marriage to you? Because you're only 19 years old. That because you're bipolar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, really, Gwen was kind of up and down a lot. Gwen was, Gwen was the craziest person. I mean, aside from she, Norman, Gwen's the craziest person in Spider-Man. But She's, the reason she was is because she had been pregnant. And it's that's <laughs> how I rational i mean when i wrote when i wrote so the she's flower, hormonal right here right she's had sex well, with Norman, right? she's, had, she's had a baby 
Okay. She's had a baby. Okay. My God. Again, this, this is, this is trying to make, this is why I used to love to do my articles is because I, 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 sometimes you really could stitch these things to where they almost made sense. Send your angry fan mail to Spider-Man crossbase at (laughs) gmail.com. Don't do that. So the way I interpreted it was, after Norman saved, because really Gwen, Gwen started becoming a whiny girl when Captain Stacy got into the picture. She wasn't a whiny girl under Ditko, but really what happened when Romita brought her, when, when, when Romita took over, that a lot of the characters' edges started to disappear. Because under Ditko, everybody was edgy. Everybody was, ed- and really, you know, if, uh, that was that was when you saw the difference between literally is- between issue thirty-eight and thirty-nine, the, a switch was flipped. Mm-hmm. You know, because you know Peter hated Ned Leeds in issue thirty-eight. Issue thirty-nine, he makes up with him. Harry Osborne's on Peter's ass all the time. Wow. It, up to issue thirty-eight, issue thirty-nine, they start talking to each other. Uh, it just it, really, it was a lot of it was respect. I, I think a lot of it was reflecting Ditko's worldview and, you know, where everybody's, you know, everybody is, is in a state of anger. Also, Stan got control of the character a little bit more because Ditko was doing much of the plotting is what I've, I've heard from a history. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Ditko was so. doing a lot of the plotting. So it was kind of, I think, reflecting. And, and so when Romita came in. Uh, you know, stand more hands on. Yeah. Took more control over how the characters were presented. Yeah. Uh, Romita had a very romance. You know, like I said, Romita's background was romance comics. Right. Uh, so, so anyway, so but after that, but then, and, but but Gwen was still a pretty strong person too. She was a science major. You know, the first date that she and Peter went on was uh, the to go see the nullifier. You know, and and of course the guy who drove him there was Professor Warren. Right. But it was when Captain Stacy kind of came in that she started to become this whiny, crying daddy's girl. Um, it, it, to me, and, and I think Stan got lazy. I think Stan. I mean, really. I think once he got Peter into college and once he got past the, you know, number 50 or what, I think he started getting lazy. I think he started running out of gas. Yeah. When Gwen first appeared, she was like a sardonic smart ass. Mm-hmm. I always thought she kind of looked Vulcan like almost, you know, Ditko drew her with like the pointy eyebrows and she just, and you know, she tried to slap Peter once. Uh, I mean, uh, so but uh, so anyway, so so I reckon it was well, you know, Norman saved Gwen's life in issue 60, 61, not after long after that, you know, and so really, so really from the issues like 70s, 80s, she's pregnant. So she's got all that going. And then in Crazy. the 90s, she has the baby and and then the Captain Stacy dies. So in, in, in that under with all that going on, her behavior in that context makes sense yeah but obviously as it was written originally and planned originally no i mean she was she was written like a crazy person so anyway she decides to go back home and uh so peter's on campus uh you know going to school and he so happens to see harry's drug dealers yeah you know it's like it is it is a pretty satisfying moment you know because peter you know peter doesn't think oh i'm too good for any of this i'll just walk away peter's thinking you know what i I would really hate to walk out of here and <laughs> not kick these guys' ass. Yeah. And that's exactly what he what he says. It's like, what does he say? It's uh, not what he uh, says. <laughs> <laughs> no, he says, I don't want to give myself away by beating them too easily, but I couldn't live with myself if I didn't let them have it. 
So he, he pretty well. Uh, he, yeah. he, he there's the panel he's talking about. Yeah, he pretty well uh, gives him a beat, gives him a well deserved beat down. So of course, and then this, and then of course we get more preachifying now because we go to the Daily Bugle, and um, Jonah of course finds out that uh, Harry Osborne is OD'd. And uh, is it a story, you know, and, uh, you know, is it something that you should print, uh, you know, because Norman's a, a friend of Jonah's and he's a big advertiser. Uh, and uh, Jonah goes, I don't like this, Robbie. And of course, Robbie, nobody likes it. Drugs are a bad scene. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, so Jonah says, I wasn't going to squash the story, Robbie, but how do we run with it? How do we deal with it? And uh, Robbie goes, I got it all figured out. I'm showing that drugs aren't just a ghetto hang up. They hit the rich the same as the poor. It's everyone's problem. We've all got to face it. And then Jonah, well, just don't stand there, man. You know, <laughs> almost like DeForest Kelly in the deadly years. Well, don't just stand there. Spot, get cracking. Well, just stand there, man. I want it in the next edition. <laughs> so anyway, we get that we get that preachifying done. Peter Spiderman goes out looking for the goblin again, finds exactly what he's looking for, and uh, so they fight. Norman throws another pumpkin bomb at him, which you know takes away his ability to crawl on walls and things of that nature. But then Spiderman runs out of webbing, but he just he decides, well, you know what? I'm just going to solve this problem, you know, good a good old fashioned way. So he jumps on the goblin. Puts his arm, put, gives him a, a big chokehold and steers him off to see Harry in the hospital and says, if this doesn't make, if this doesn't knock some sense into Norman, I don't know what will. Mm -hmm. So, and, but, and, and it, and it doesn't, I mean, Norman, you know, Norman sees essentially what has happened, you know, what really in a way, what his own years of neglect have done to his son. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it's just, uh, you know, Norman knows in the back of his mind, he's not been a great father, but again, like I said, he doesn't know how to be a father. He doesn't know how it's, it's, um, it was funny, like in the original amazing Spider-Man 39 that, that Stan wrote, how, uh, you know, Harry was saying that Norman was a great guy and that they were friends. But as you saw, it wasn't that way. Norman would take him to a baseball game, but he wouldn't talk baseball with him. Norman would buy him a bike, but he wouldn't teach him how to ride the bike. You know, so Norman's idea of being a parent, being a father was buying him shit. You know, that's going to take care of it. And he didn't give it. He didn't meet any of Harry's emotional needs. So, uh, yeah, Robbie and Jonah stay. What is Zach doing? Wait, 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 when did Zach join us? You know, he came about halfway. Yep. But he, he skipped out on Friday night fights, you know, <laughs> you know, he skipped out on the, the Mary Jane story that we did. And he skipped out on the, the, the Zeb well is Zeb Wells really Nick Spencer mystery, you know, Spider-Man classic. And then he just shows up here. I mean, it's good to have you Zach, but where were you earlier? You know, <laughs> uh, you know? so, but you know, and, and, and really, I mean, you know, part of the reason here, I mean, again, Harry's, I, to me, anybody who, I don't know, people who get themselves in this situation, and I know what I'm talking about. I remember somebody once trying to, someone once trying to lecture me on alcoholism once. It's like, I just absolutely freaked out on it. It's like, you have any idea who you're talking to? You know, it's like, because he thought I'd like, you know, because I said, you know, that people are ultimately responsible for their own decisions, you know, and, uh, 
anyway, so kind of like the, you know, kind of like the guy who wanted to lecture me on religion, you know, forgetting that, uh, you know, I'd spent 40 years as a fundamentalist Baptist and I had pretty goddamn good idea what religion was about. But anyway, that's beside the point. So, so Harry, you know, so anyway, Norman sees what has happened to Harry and and he snaps. And so, we know what's going to happen now. You know, he strips off the Green Goblin. Norman's going to forget. And Norman's going to be this wonderful guy again until Amazing Spider-Man number 121, 122. Oh, is this the, we don't see Her- Norman, we don't see Norman till 121? We see Norman briefly a couple of times, you know, but until like issue 119, I think Harry's starting to fall off the wagon again. Mm, okay. And uh, so, and then, and then Harry ODs again. Yeah, uh, that time with LSD, <clears throat> he takes yeah. LSD. So anyway, last yeah. page, last page. You know, Peter's going, oh, I miss Gwen, I miss Gwen, and then and then he, I hear her voice calling me, uh, but it's really her. And you know, I always wondered that if anybody, I don't know anybody who, well, I know I do know somebody whose name I work with somebody whose name is Gwen. I'm going to have to ask her if anybody has called her Gwendy. Because Peter calls her Gwendy. My mom, my mom's name is Gwen, and no one calls her Gwendy. Nobody calls her Gwendy. No, it's yeah. I just kind of wonder. So anyway, so we have this big smooch scene, you know, blah blah blah, happy ending. But but that boys and girls was the drug. Those that boys and girls was the classic drug issues. It's a famous story. Is it? Yeah. It's a classic story. Is it a great story? It's good. It's okay, but it, it doesn't add any more dimension to Peter and Norman's relationship, really. Mm. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it does. Maybe it does because it, ultimately, it, I think it does. Well, ultimately, it. I guess when I guess it does. I, I guess it does because ultimately, it it kind of feeds into another reason that Peter and Norman were at each other's throats later on is their each other's perception of how the other failed Harry. You know, and because Peter was a pretty shitty friend, to be honest. And it's a good (laughs) mixture of superheroics and private life with Peter Parker. Both are interacting really well. And I just kind of he he defeated the villain by showing him what's happening to his son. Mm -hmm. I mean that. Yeah, I I just to me the amnesia thing was just tiring. I mean the amnesia thing was tiring. You know, Norman. I mean, what is Norman doing as the Green Goblin? During this time, he's, you know, back before mm-hmm. he gets revealed as Norman Osborn, he's a crime lord. He's, he's, he's taken over organized crime and things of that nature. And after this, he's just kind of playing dress up, you yeah. know, for, and so it really, in a way, it was a good thing that Norman went away for a couple of decades yeah. until some, until other writers, newer writers, uh, kind of were able to bring him back and make him more relevant and give him other things to do. But this is, like I said, this is kind of Norman gets amnesia, like, gets amnesia again. Yeah. So like, but no, you, it's a, like I, you said, you read this in the in Marvel tales, so you didn't read it firsthand. No, so no. when you started reading Spider-Man, uh, Norman was dead. You, you, you fell in love with the legend of Norman when he was dead, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was kind yeah. of, I mean, it was a uh, spectacular. Like I said, it was actually King size Spider-Man number nine. Yeah. Uh, but uh, now it, it just, it was, a, it just was a cool character, but, but yeah, the fact that he was dead though, was kind of cool because his evil was so pervasive. Yeah. I mean, in a way he didn't have to come back no. because in, in, in like spectacular number 200, which by the way is the very last story in, 
this this is a classic. I mean, you know, any it's, yeah. it's a this is a this is a must have for any Green Goblin fan or even a Spider Man fan it's because got, it's got Spec Two Hundred. Is that what you said? Yeah, it's got Spec Two Hundred. I mean, it has a nice. couple of classic Ditko issues, but it has the drug issues. It has the death of Gwen Stacy, and then it has the death of Harry Oz. So that's that's like so, the the best of Harry. Is what that trade is. Well, the best of the goblins, you know. I mean, oh, okay. the, the before before Norman's resurrection. Okay. Uh, but it's got it's got all it's got the the great most of the great goblin stories. Cool. Uh, so anyway, but no, it's uh, you know was it a good month, Jr. Well, of course it was. I mean, it was it's the Green Goblin classic yeah. story. Is this you know? is this top ten Green Goblin stories? Well, I'm trying to think. It, it's not. It's it's not one of my favorites. I mean, to be honest, the death of Gwen Stacy, the death of Gwen Stacy is not my one of my favorite Goblin stories. I mean, yeah. to me, my favorite Goblin stories, uh, the, when he comes back at the end, Peter Parker seventy five, that's my favorite. Uh, Citizen Osborne is is a favorite of mine. Uh, Wait a minute, which one's Citizen Osborne? Spectacular two fifty. Oh yeah, yeah, you've talked about that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, actually, the Spectacular Spider Man two, King Size Spider Man, that's that ranks higher than the drug stories. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah, it's in the top ten green goblin stories but you know it's it's certainly not my anywhere near being my favorite uh and as i says norman specter hanging over the series was just was was great but the problem what the problem was though if harry the thing is once they killed harry Mm -hmm. where do you go you have to have you have to have an osborne you know because the hatred of the, the the because you know, back, and then see with Harry dead and Norman came back, then Harry's death fed part of Norman's psychosis. Mm-hmm. But when Norman was dead, Norman's death fed part of Harry's psychosis. And now they're both alive. <laughs> now they're both alive and, and yeah. no story point is being made whatsoever. Yeah, that's no, why I, yeah. That's why I hope that Harry is kindred, to be honest. I hope that reverses. I think I think it's better off. I think the Osborne story works better if one of them is dead. Really? I mean. I, I I do. I mean, I think this, it, it works. It works because part of the reason Norman and Peter hate each other is because of how each of them feels the other has failed Harry. Right. You know, I, you know, Norman thought Harry Peter was a shitty friend, which he was, and Peter thought Norman was a shitty father, which he was. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, but anyway, there you go, boys and girls. That uh, one of the classics on Spider history. George, what was the first time you read this book? What were your thoughts on yeah. it? Um, it was in Marvel Tales, also, or no? It, I actually bought the issues. Um, oh, okay. This was eighty four, eighty five, around there, eighty three to eighty five, somewhere. I bought them at a flea market. Oh, okay. Over in Fort Worth, and um, I didn't know what they were to them. I didn't know that they were a big, you know, a big thing or anything. Um. I remember I bought them because they had the Green Goblin on the cover, and I thought the Green Goblin was cool. And those covers are classic. Yeah, they are. And um, so, yeah, they were, and they were relatively cheap at the time. Um, I don't know how much. I, I'm pretty sure there were something now. I mean, I remember I, I, when I sold my collection, they sold for pretty good, but I don't remember what they sold for. But, um, but yeah, I remember buying them for what at the time felt like it was pretty cheap. Yeah, I remember I bought uh, 121 and 122 at a flea market uh, for fairly cheap. Mm-hmm. So did you did you like the story when you read it? Yeah, yeah, me yeah. too. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Well. All right, that is Spider History Two. We got uh, three Goblin classics in this one for you. For May. 
Well, that's a wrap on that episode. I hope you liked it. Uh, one more time before we wrap it all up, I want to remind you about uh, patreon.com slash crawlspace. Log on there to get exclusive thank you content, which uh, one of them is the Spire Satellites, where we review all the books that aren't amazing on that episode. That's a thank you to people that help support this podcast on our website each and every month through Patreon. There's also several other podcasts that are up there that are fun to listen to uh, that I think you'll get a kick out of. But again, it's patreon.com slash crawlspace for exclusive content and also support things you like, like this podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody.